Welcome back. It wasn't so many weeks since the, the Navi, but we will the Mitzvah Shem tomorrow night, beginning uh, 9.15 or so, continuing with the Kibbutz Aim Shir as well. So let's go back to the topic at hand. You have in front of you Yeshaya, for those of you who are listening. It's Yeshaya Perig Zion. We were a few pages into this copy, but we'll just start from the beginning just to get our bearings because the psukim are important for the overview of who Achaz was, who Achaz could have been, and who he wasn't. Uh, the good news is, there's very little good news here. The good news is, I always like starting off at least with some optimistic note, is that he might not have been as bad as Menashe will be. How's that for good news? <laughs> it's, it's a close race, unfortunately. Uh, Achaz will be the melech who will introduce the concept of putting a mezbeach in every corner in Yushalayim, closing the base medrash. He's called Achaz, Miloshan, the Gemara Sanhedrin, you get to it in Navyemi, that he grabbed a hold of the uh, doors of the base medrash and the shuls and he closed them. Can't get much worse than that. The only slight difference between him and Menashe will be Menashe is even more militant than he will be. He'll just close all the doors and push the agenda and pollute the atmosphere. Menashe will start killing people to push the agenda, which might explain why Menashe is on the all-star list of those Malcha Yehuda who lost Elam Haba and Achaz is not. It doesn't mean he got it. This list in Sanhedrin you'll get to in Perichelik is not an exhaustive list. Not even close. It only has a few names. There were unfortunately hundreds, if not thousands, of people who lost the Olam Haba. There were millions who got into Olam Haba. But the list is not a complete list. It's the most outstanding in their issues together, I believe, with those who had potential. You had other people who were outstanding in their issues, but they never had Bechira, but they never had the potential to be. Amalek Yisrael has uh, all of Kaiso in his hands. He could do great things if he wills it. Achaz is going to start this uh, policy, so to speak. The Pella, which I've mentioned many times, and we'll see it with our own eyes in the Psukim over the next few months, the zigzag is the most awesome when you have Achaz and Menashe and you have a Heligat Tzadik like Chizkiyah Melech in between. Like, how does somebody have a father and a son like that? So, Mitzvah will... We'll get to that, not fully explain it, because you can't even fully explain that. But there's some good news coming in terms of Chizkiyo, but Achaz is going to grab a hold of the base Medrash and the base Amikdash and all of Yushalayim and Yehuda and start pushing the agenda of Avarazar. What's fascinating is the fact that uh, he was thought through. Umar also makes the comment, I'll quote to you the Lushan here, he says, uh, thinking to himself, I don't like this system, a lot of learning going on, a lot of Kedusha. Uh, we'll explain yet what went wrong and what sent him off the derech. It was due to the pressures of the time. I'm not saying it therefore it was okay, obviously. But he felt that Klai Yisrael was a lost cause. This is going to be a theme that repeats itself from now to the Churban. To picture the scene that the Sarasashvatam uh, Atita tottering, they're soon going to go into Gullus. It's going to get worse from here in terms of the pressure from a military, a strategic standpoint on Yehuda. And 
he has this ridiculous notion that it's easier to throw in the towel. In order to throw in the towel, he has to forsake HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rechman His own son will go in the opposite direction, Baruch Hashem. And it says, just because everything's falling apart, no reason to give up. And he, and he won't give up. Achaz is giving up. He's giving up on Klai Yisrael, and he understands that the only way to justify that is to say, Hashem doesn't care about us. That should sound familiar. Uh, the early Minim, otherwise known as the uh, Christians, did the same thing. They said, well, you know, Hashem can't want so much of us, and therefore, let's just start a very watered-down version. And uh, they were the chosen people, they're not anymore, and therefore we can go our own way and make a new derech. Uh, there is no such thing. That's the good news. That's really good news, is that it never happened, never will happen. There's a promise and the proof in the pudding, so to speak, is that we're all sitting here listening to this year. That's the, the greatest, uh, greatest nace of them all. But when you're there at the time, Achaz uh, has extreme yish, and he's not interested in trying, which is part of the personal tragedy here. And his sheet is going to be, Amen, Gadiyam, Amen, Tayashim. Which means if we close the door of the Beis Medjush and there are no Tashbar, there are no Tinaikish and Beis Rabban, and you close the yeshivas, so then we're not going to produce any Tamil Chachamim. There are no Tamil Chachamim, we're not going to produce Navim and leaders, and no one's going to be interested in the next generation. So let's start now. And as I said, Menashe is going to push this agenda even further in a more violent way. The reason we're still here is because in between, Chesgio is going to stand up for what's right, and Menashe himself is going to do somewhat of a tshuva the end of his life, but I'm many months ahead of uh, sharing that with you. Let's go to Pasuk Aleph again in Yeshaya. Yep. Achaz probably had a good education also. That was part of the problem. Hashem doesn't make offers, the likes of which we're going to see in this Pasuk in Yeshaya, to just anybody. Uh, the offer is uh, mind-boggling. And the fact that he turned it down is, again, you know, we're not here to judge people, although we're not liberals either. We can't say, yeah, it's okay, and he's a nice guy, and he was under pressure, and no, no. Chazal, don't look at it like that. He goes down history as a Russian Marusha, and he helped destroy most of Klaus all the time. But just to understand how this can happen, that's why I'm not trying to be Malamet's chus, because Chazal aren't. I'm trying to show you the backdrop of what happened. Yes, he... Uh, he knew what was going on, and that's why he's going to get the offer, which we're going to go over right now. And we stopped, I believe, in the last year, a few weeks back, on his uh, famous answer, or infamous answer. Pasigalaf. I'm reading Yeshaya. We're going to go back to the Pesukim and Malachim afterwards, but it's a shorter version, so I want to give you a uh, more in-depth look here. Perek Zayin Pasigalaf. ben ben Again, father is a Heligat Tzadik. His father's father, Uziah, goes down the history as a Tzadik, even though he made some big mistakes. But uh, he did tshuva, a real tshuva. Sat in the base kfaris for many years. Allah ritzin melech haram pekach ben remalyo melech yisrael yushalayin limochama alel. They are now threatening to attack. We have melech haram. So haram always comes back like a bad penny. Uh, not so surprising. And unfortunately, there have been some outright hostilities between Yisrael and Yehuda. There's always a cold peace, sometimes a hot war. Here he's attacking with Aram. And they want to come into Yishalayim. The Pesach describe exactly what they want to do. They want to destroy it and take over and put somebody else in there, meaning get rid of Malchus Yehuda Bechlal, Malchus Yehuda Bechlal, and take over. 
Of course, whenever you have allies, uh, what's the famous English expression? Something makes strange bedfellows? What was the, uh, Yaakov, what's the, uh, what? Okay, so this is politics, war. You don't really, they didn't think this through. I mean, they were thinking through, but each one was thinking something else. What's going to happen if Rahman al-Islam, they take over Yehuda, and now you have Aram, and you have Yisrael? So now what? So Yisrael has an idea. We're going to put in our man, and we're going to make one glorified um, Jewish nation. I don't want to call it Klai Yisrael, but they weren't too firm-minded. And what is Aram thinking? <laughs> what is Aram always thinking? They don't like Jews. They're gonna, they want to kill all the Jews. Well, they're not interested in... So right now, it's an alliance. Uh, what would have happened if Rahman had the Axis power won? I don't think Hitler and the Japanese and the Italians wouldn't have gotten along so well. Of course they wouldn't have gotten along. Hitler wanted to take over the whole world. So the alliance was temporary. Why did they see that? Go figure. That's what history is all about. Wasn't that painfully obvious? You also made an agreement with the Russians. Didn't help the Russians too much. So, of course it was convenient. If a guy's a madman and he's a ruthless uh, murderer and he wants power, so why would you want to make an alliance now if in two years from now when you get what you want, he's going to destroy you? Yeah, it's always uh, the history keeps repeating itself. Nobody learns. So, the whole thing was doomed. Uh, to boot, uh, we have here, and this is important for the backdrop, we have here two pretty weak rulers. And how do I know that? Well, Hashem's going to send the Navi to tell Ochaz, do not get bent out of shape. And do not lose your cool and do not do anything rash because there's nothing to worry about. Both these guys together are not really worth that much. I'm going to show you that in the Pusik. So therefore, you don't have to do anything. And he's not going to listen. He's going to try some real, uh, what I'll call, heshtadlis shel hevel. Some ridiculous heshtadlis sometimes has to be done. And in Novi, it's very difficult to figure out when yes and when not. That's why we have to learn with every medrash and every chazal. And when you're there, it's hard to figure it out. Don't forget, Asa did his list of inviting Aram as an ally, and he was a tzaddik, but that was wrong. Here, Achos will have the advantage, the Navi's going to tell him, Pemole, this is not necessary, counterproductive, and potentially destructive. And he's still not going to listen. Asa didn't have that Beferish uh, Navur because he was in a higher Madrega, and um, for his level of Bechir, he didn't need it. So, it's complicated. They're coming to fight. Ritzin again. Melech Aram Pekach Ben Ramayel Melech Yisrael Shalain Mocham Alav Alayuchol Liilachem Alav, and uh, they thought it'd be an easy battle, and it's not going. Uh, he had schus uh, avus, and they're not going to break in so quickly. He's going to have the schus of hearing the game plan. Pasuk Beis Viyugad LeBeis David. If you remember, Rashi says he was a Russia, so it doesn't say his name. Beis David is the king of Malchi Beis David. That's Ochaz. Next page. They're coming and they want to destroy. Don't worry about it. Page three. Which means, Shamer is almost like guard yourself. Don't, don't get for tumult, as we'd say. Vahashkeit, calm down. Altira, Levavcha, Ayerach, Mishnei, Zandvay, Saudim, Ashenim, Eila. That's a very graphic, descriptive phrase where when you finish looking at uh, Rashi, which we saw quickly, I'm just trying to elaborate so we understand what's going on. Look at Rashi again. Yubenecha, Kiznavas, Udim, Shakafsa, Shalhevishalhem. 
their embers that are about to go out. Like, uh, this is good for Labor Day weekend. You have a barbecue? <laughs> a good marshal we people in America can understand. So after a while, uh, most of you probably have gas grills already, but in the free of areas, they had coals. So after the barbecue, all the hot dogs, all the hamburgers, all the steaks. So you look at them, and they're glowing. Don't touch them, but they're going out. So you wouldn't notice right away, but Akash Baruch Hu is telling him, Pamole, the coals are going out. Their bark is worse than their bite, and they're coming, both of them together. And Yehuda didn't have, Yehuda was a small place at the end of the day, and that's a strong army. So you look at the map on the ground, you sort of understand why Ochaz might momentarily get very nervous. He said, so Yeshua Navi says, not to worry about, they're on their way down, and I'm not going to let this succeed. That's already enough. It's just that one of the few times the Navi actually says, besides the fact that I'm not going to let them succeed, which means they can have an army of 7 million, it doesn't make a difference. It happens to be that they're on their way out anyway, and this is a desperate attempt to try to get more land and more power. And they're coming, This is what their plan is. They're going to come and they're going to break in. They're going to destroy. They're going to level the whole city. They're going to put their own regent in there, which means they don't only want to destroy. They want to do away with Malchus Yehuda Bechlal forever. As Ben Taval, some of Hashem that was the name of a person from Ephraim, which is why I'm adding, they agreed to put somebody in from Ephraim. And what's, what's Aram going to do? So right now, Aram probably told him for the alliance, yeah, you put in whoever you want. I don't think that was Aram's intention. Well, they want to put a yid in there, but that's what they're going to try to do. Pretty clear. Not happening, as we'd say in English. Don't worry about it. Calm down. The reason it's important for him to calm down is because his uh, immediate desperate attempt is going to be to call in another up-and-coming Gaish army to become an ally. The problem is, we've had a history of this as well, when you call in allies to Yisrael who are Goyim, often uh, they turn on us, and more often, Saif Machshava, Maisa Tchila over here, is they don't need an invitation. You don't have to bribe them. They'd like to come in, like the Greeks and the Romans. Now, once they call the Romans, they're not leaving. We found that out the hard way. And he's going to do it because he feels he has to fight, and he's too weak to fight alone, despite this very clear Nevoah, Lo Sokhan Next page. I skipped a few Psukim, go to Pasig Yud. Yeshaya Zayin Yud V'yesav Hashem Dabra Lachaz Lamer. So Kosh Baruch Hu and Rachamim sees Achaz is not listening yet. So he makes him one more offer. We dream of such an offer. Do you ever have a situation in life? Maybe you know somebody like this where you had a decision and it looked so difficult you didn't know what to do. Have you heard of such a thing? It's like three times a day. So what we would give to have a Novi come and tell us clearly. So we had that in the last Pusik. And he's still not sure. Can't do it, you know, as an army, Ashtadlus, the Kudus Abachira, Chavis Lavavus, Shar Bitacha, you know, this is difficult. So now what? So Hashem and his Rachamim knows Achas is struggling. Very difficult in the for him. So he's going to send the Novi again. It's not Stama Novi, this is Yeshaya. Sends Yeshaya and he says, okay, ask me to do anything. Ask for an ace, I'll do it. You apparently are unsure that Hashem is behind you. 
I'll give you an ace, like a real one. Not like what the weather is going to be tomorrow. Take a guess. Rainy and overcast. And you'll see, not stam an ace. You'll see after you finish a Rashi over here, what type of ace he offered him. Just as a similar dover that uh, there's nothing to worry about. Take a look at Rashi. In Yudalif. Spells it out. He says, I see you're really, um, really finding this very difficult. You're not such a maimon. Okay, you know what? Most people, you're not such a maimon. So work on yourself. We're going to help you. All the Mepharshim uh, discuss over the uh, centuries, the kasha that uh, it's not such a smart kasha, but people ask it and Lamaisa, not people ask it that it has to be addressed. Why doesn't Akash Baruch Hu perform Nisim Gleim for us? We can use the shot in the arm. Do you ever wonder about that question? Everybody's wondered about that question. So the answer is Akash Baruch Hu gave Nisim the flows, to all of Klai Yisrael, and did Nisim that weren't even necessary by Yitzhak Yisrael in order to show Klai Yisrael, I'm running the world, the creator of the world, still running it, and I control nature, kingdoms, and if we do that every day, every time some fellow asks for an ace, there's not going to be much Bechira. And that wasn't the last time Hashem did Nisim. We had plenty of Nisim Gluyim throughout the period of the uh, Midbar and the Shaftim and the Nevi'im and the Malachim. And many, many Nisim since then, we'd call an ace Nister, but Nisim, if you're looking, uh, they give the marshal the, uh, it was a world famous uh, violinist, and uh, he performed all over the world. And there was a fellow who came once, missed the show. He was performing in Carnegie Hall. He came late, missed the whole thing. He said, sir, uh, can you perform for me? He said, uh, it's kind of late. He said, well, I don't believe you can really play like that. I've heard it. Many people have said it over. I don't really believe it. Show me. Every uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry asks Hashem to perform Nisim. So he's got to keep doing it again and again because you want to be uh, a kaifer. That would be ridiculous. So we say, okay, yeah, we, we understand that. Maybe just like once every 50 years. Wouldn't help. Famous Zalga the Bali Musr, which means uh, that a greater Gilu Shina, the Shifchalayam, more than Yechaska Bambuzi. Yechaska Bambuzi saw Maisa Makava. They point out, yeah, but Yechaska Bambuzi became and remained and grew as a Navi. And the Shif Chalayam remained the Shif Chalayam. The answer is you could show whatever you want. Uh, if you're not growing with the experience, um, the next today, tomorrow, the next day, not going to help. So, there are many explanations why this is so, but the time when they still had Nevi'im built in was the Nevu'ah, was, uh, was an ace. So here he's promising, which ace? So skip two lines in Rashi. Sha'al ace, what type of ace? What type of sign? That's the type of nace. You can count them in the fingers of one hand. And we've had both of them in this year. You had one with Elisha, one with his Rebbe, Eliyahu Anavi. You had, speaking of Yechezka Ben Buzi, he's going to make a mason, thousands of them, but that was a one-time thing. Shiloh, what happened to them afterwards? They went back to sleep or they went home. Not too common. So here the offer was, you want an ace? We're going to give you an ace you can't deny. Just follow me to the base chorus and just pick a tombstone. Any tombstone, whatever you want. 
Can't get better than that. That's one offer. You don't want something here in the cemetery. You want something less morbid, so pick an ice minashamayim. Whatever you want. Not, uh, thunder, lightning, whatever, uh, whatever you want, minashamayim. It's all yours. No. This is a very difficult situation for Achaz. How are you going to get out of such an offer? Like it doesn't even look good. Forget Fumkite. Like it's ridiculous. Anybody would take an offer like this. So he comes up with a from answer. Nothing like a nice from answer. Even if it's not too from. Pasig Bays. You got you to read this to believe it. So before you look at Rashi, sounds like a very from answer. Ooh, it's a Pasuk. It's a Pasuk. The Navi comes to him and tells him, you can pick a sign, whatever you want, whatever you want. He says, well, that's, I know it's an offer, it's not a, not a very high madrega, it says you shouldn't test Hashem, I don't want to test Hashem. You don't want to test Hashem. Why doesn't he want to test Hashem? Obviously Hashem's offering it because he needs the chizik. So you look at Rashi, Rashi tells you the real reason. That's like hair raising. He knew if he'd asked for a sign, of course Hashem would deliver. Then the whole world's going to be talking about Tchis HaMesim. is just done in front of Achaz. That's going to trigger two things. It's going to be a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, which he's not interested in, so that just begs the question, so why isn't he interested in Kiddush Hashem? answer is, if you uh, witness an ace like this, and you trigger an ace like that, that's a tremendous, tremendous mechaev. Now you've got to start doing Avodah Hashem Bifrom, and get rid of all the Avodah and open up the base magic again, and get things going. And he wasn't interested, because it's a mechaev. Same reason why some people don't like sitting in the front. That's not a critique of Yossi, or Menachem, or anybody else. Um, Yossi's been sitting there for a long time, so he didn't uh, pick that. But why, um, why do people not want to sit in the front? Well, here I have a full view of everybody, so it doesn't, uh, doesn't help you. But uh, often, if you remember here, if you want to sleep, you sit five rows back, and no one notices what's going on. Uh, Alicia Benavui, unfortunately, sat in the back. He was just so off the charts brilliant that uh, he knew everything Balped backwards and forwards. So he became Alicia Benavui. The problem is the foundation was faulty because in his Gemara were some books that shouldn't have been there, which you might have had in Sheer way back. Somebody had some other books that weren't philosophy books, maybe comic books, newspapers, who knows what. But Ultimately, even if you learn, even if you have a good head, that's going to have an effect. Maybe the Dvarim uh, Shomabekach would have less of an effect than the philosophy books that uh, that and the Gaisha music, Yerushalmi said, is what caused the whole foundation to crumble. But that's a problem. So why don't you want to sit in the front? The answer is sit in the front. Then you've got to learn the whole time. You can't read these things. So it's a Machayev, and he wasn't interested in the Machayev. Now, that's, as an individual, that's pretty tragic. As Melech Yisrael, that's um, destructive for everybody else because the Melech is here to either raise the uh, religious atmosphere or Chas Shalom, he's going to end up doing the opposite because he has power. And that's the danger. And his uh, final decision was, I'm not interested. He turned it down, and it didn't happen. 
It didn't happen, and now we're going to go back to the Navi Bayas Malachim, and he's going to call on his allies that are going to do absolutely nothing for the effort, and he's going to suffer gefeilach from the two kings who are attacking him and from the ally he calls in. Because the whole thing was not necessary. And they didn't have to bribe him. How do you, how do you pay for a bribe? So they didn't have too much money, you the Bechlau. So of course he's going to raid the uh, Mikdash and take from the Eitzis Hashem, which is an Avera, on top of an Avera, and do a he shouldn't be doing against the Beferish at the Navi, and the offer of the Navi. And he's doing this because he thinks uh, that this is proper Ishtadlis and he doesn't want to rely on Hashem. He's going to have to do more of Eitzis Hashem. And he's not interested. And it's going to be an absolute disaster. Let's go back to the Navi. Yes. <clears throat> Is it big? You heard people say that? Ramesha held that you shouldn't buy, bother buying any lottery ticket because it's like 10 million to one and it's not even a shtadlus. <laughs> it's like asking for an ace. First of all, it's only 350 million after taxes. You're an accountant, no? Oh, you're right. It's not that much money. <laughs> that, that's first of all. Uh, second of all, as payable over 30 years, payable 30 years and in 30 years, it'll be worth half of that. Yeah. So now you're up to less than 200 million. I just want to put it in, in context. Okay? 200 million is not what it used to be. Then you got to give Chaimish, which is great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. So that's, two, that's 40 million. That's 160. Uh, 160, okay, and 160, so what are you going to do? You can't buy a fancy car, but that's an iron horror. You can't buy a yacht, but that's an iron horror. You can stand your house for a few rooms so you can fit the kids, that's not an iron horror. That doesn't cost $160 million. You could do that for $200,000. So what are you going to do with it? So you have to, you have to learn all that. You're done. Yeah, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? Just th- think for a minute. I'm not saying if somebody offers it, you shouldn't take it. If somebody offers, come to me, we'll discuss it. <laughs> but but think, think for a moment. You can't eat the stuff. Salamai, are you going to have your grandchildren fight over it? What you, it's not, it's, it's dangerous at best. Uh, and Ramesha Hall does not even get the Rishtadlis. Uh, whenever I say that, somebody says, well, somebody's got to win. I said, that sounds like, hey, you never know. Uh, so that doesn't mean Ramesha Hall, that was Rishtadlis. Uh, yeah, right. So I, I, there, look, I, some people get a thrill out of it and they loved it just for the Shaila Shabbat. If the, if the drawing's on Shabbos, it's a great Shaila. Is that Shabbos? You have to give up $160 million. I explain to people when we have the Shailas, don't worry, it's not the full $350 million or $700 million. I do the same cheshma with them. So they're not so nervous. There is a tzad to be makel if they do draw it on Shabbos, but it's an interesting Shaila. Shaila is, what are you going to do with it when you get it? That's the real Hashkafic Shaila. It doesn't mean your Bechir is gone. It means that's when you have to start making decisions. There's a concern, what I just said, half tongue-in-cheek, but it was half serious, is that, uh, I know everybody always says, try me whenever I say that, but getting into $150 million of that is a big design, and it could be disastrous. I mean, there are, Yaakov, didn't you write, uh, Yaakov, didn't you write an article on this, about all the people who committed suicide or won the, won the lottery? So I'm not saying a grounded Ben Terror would do that because he, there's what to do with the money. If you have somebody who has nothing to do with his life and he was just waiting, his whole hasaga was to go on a cruise. They went on a cruise. Now what? To go on a second one. Now what? How much golf can you play? So it becomes something that your life is like there's nothing else to get up for, which is why, but the Chachma Begayim Taiman, there's a very famous gvir in this country. 
His name begins with a W. And he is worth billions and billions and billions of dollars, and many more billions. And he was smart enough to leave nothing to his children, or like $10 million, which is like a day's worth, uh, because he, and he said, he said, what, I'm trying to kill my son? He needs a reason to get up in the morning. So, so over there, it's an Isayan, but if you have the proper drachah, you could do something with it. Over here, the Navi told him, Hashem said, don't worry. This is not, what the Shailah, Hashem's asking you, do you want to worry? Uh, let's come learn some Musa, let's learn Shabbat It was very clear. It's not happening. The Nebuah was crystal clear. And he didn't pass that Nisayan. Hashem had Rachamim and he said, okay, you're struggling with this. I'll give you an extra Nisayan. What do you want to do? You want to, I'll bring, uh, I'll bring an earthquake. To, uh, just tell me what time. I'll, uh, I'll bring a rainbow without any rain. I'll be Mechayim Mesa, whatever you want. So, so then it was quite clear. You can't say, I'm going to be firmer than a Kosh Baruch Hu and say, I'm going to bring a Nisayan. We'll get to the Navi next week. We'll go to the Peleyates. Speaking of uh, Brachas, which is what we're in the middle of. Uh, there's some more up here if you didn't get one. <coughs> we're on page Nun. Second paragraph. So, so far we covered brachas, focusing on the meaning of brachas, which brachas, the right brachas, not saying shakla and everything, bracha achreina. Yesterday we covered being yetzi with brachas, you have to really listen, kiddush abdallah, and if you are standing there and the words are in the air and they go into your ear but they don't enter into your brain, you might not be yetzi. You're probably not yetzi, it has to register, which means if you're spacing out, it doesn't work, which is a scary thought. Their sheet is old, you don't understand the words, it doesn't work. That's already a machlekes. Now we're moving on to what people might feel is an easier subject. Giving people brachas and receiving brachas and not being makal people, even if you're angry. Kishanais and shalom. Again, the second paragraph on page nun. Kishanais and shalom lechaveri yechaven shareitz alaymer shalom yilacha. It's already a chiddush to people. We say shalom aleichem all the time. You know what that means? It's an opportunity. You're giving somebody a bracha. Shalom aleichem. Unto you should be peace. Hashem is also the shame of Hashem. You can go your whole life, not see this Peleyayetz, and not be reminded of this, and not have that in mind. What a waste. Say Shalom Aleichem. We look at it as like the Jewish, hello, how are you? Which it is, but it's much more than that. You're giving somebody a bracha. Have in mind to give them a bracha. You should have peace. No? There are people who have uh, everything, including the lottery, and they're in constant turmoil. They have no peace. So they're giving somebody a bracha. This is a tremendous bracha. Shalom al-chaveri yechav and sharaitza laimer shalom yelachav aina aimer shalom when you say shalom aleichem back or aleichem shalom. He's also wishing a bracha v'tayvi yelachav v'chein sha'imer. This is also very important. Yesterday, but it's nageya next week also. V'chein sha'imer Shabbos shalom. Good Shabbos. So what's that all about? So again, we never stop to think. So we say, good Shabbos. You know, my good day, good Shabbos. So it is a key of mentioning Shabbos, Zachar Yisiyam and Shabbos Lekatsha, Givaldik. But it's more than that. What an opportunity. Simple thing. Yechaven Sharaitza Laimar Beschus Shabbos Shalom Yilacha. In the Schus of the Heilige Shabbos and the Siat and Shef and Bracha of Shabbos, you should have Shalom. Nobody thinks of that. Well, next Shabbos you will. And spread the word. We have six days. It's unbelievable. Besides the Zachar Yisiyam and Shabbos Akasha, you're wishing him that Shabbos should bring to him all the brachas that Shabbos can bring. 
main thing is shalom, which is why the Zayar Kaddish says getting angry on Shabbos is a specific Avera. It's getting angry any day is bad, especially on Shabbos. A reference to kindling a fire, the fire of anger. Shalom, Shabbos, the Brach of Shabbos, the time for peace and tranquility. And when you answer good Shabbos, it means the Schuss of Shabbos, you should have Shalom. Can you imagine one Pella Yayetz? We have three Chedushim, which aren't Chedushim, but a lot of people don't know these things. He says, You want to get a Bracha? Strive to get a Bracha from Aniyim and Avyanim. Besides Sadiqim Tamil Chachamim. Why is that? The answer is, they're often down and out and they learned how to daven well because they have to daven every morning for their daily bread. That creates a very close relationship with the Kosh Baruch Hu, and that can bring a tremendous madriga. So they're used to davening, they're used to davening well, and therefore, if you want a bracha, ask them. Evian is even worse off. Ani is a poor person. Evian and Mambish Kamat doesn't have a piece of bread. And Hilchas Perm, so Shaila, when it says Matan Slavyanim, do you need Avyanim Mamish or Aniyim? And Baruch Hashem, despite the fact there are people without money, there are people suffering without jobs, it's not easy to find an Evian. To find Aniyim is easy. To find an Evian? Mamish has nothing to eat? That's not, that's not easy. We generally pass in an Ani is fine. You don't need an Evian. Um, I sent to Israel, I have some Avyanim on my list. We give a Yetzi Behidura. I remember I once uh, was in Eitz Yisrael and I had a guy on Purim come to me and he asked an Adava and he told me, he says, the good news here is he could be Eitz with me l'chol adeus. There's no shayla. Evian according to every, every definition. So uh, never. But in America, that's not, because somebody does not want to eat, that's not as common, certainly. But if they're doing it right, they have the Kayacha Tfilah. So they develop their Tfilah, but they have to daven all the time, more often. And Hashem listens to Avyanim. So, again, if you're not Ashkafically sound, you might think, well, if Hashem listens to them, why is he still an Avyan? That's not a kash at all. Maybe that's his design of life, and that's his Mikadash Shem Shemayim, that's how he builds his relationship, and he's a close relationship with Kosh Baruch with that. Famous mushal they give of the king who gave the prince an allowance once a year. One check, $160 million, once we're on the topic. And you wouldn't believe it. He only got a call from his son who moved to wherever he moved to. I don't want to give uh, France. Uh, he moved, uh, built himself a castle somewhere on the coast, and he heard back once a year. So King got smart. He said, I'll give you the same amount of money, installments, once a day. Then he heard from him once a day, and then he said, you're not going to even do better. I'll give it to you in three installments per day. Shacharas, Minchan, Mayrv. So obviously the Nimshul, Kosh Baruch wants to hear from us. So if he's giving you a Shefra Panasa, maybe call in very often so he doesn't start breaking it down. So the Evan naturally has a, has a Shprach, and maybe that's his insight, the listening is that he gets the Shachar, and, and this is his lot in life. Certainly be careful not to get on people's nerves, and certainly somebody who has the Kayach Adibar, like Tamir Chachamim or Aniyam and Avyanim. The bite like a shul, like an akrov. Now, that's part of the Nisayan, and somebody knocks on your door for an adobo here in 
people come by, so you got to be patient and you got to understand their position and you give what you can give and you try to explain it nicely and you got to figure out a system. But part of giving is not just what you're giving, it's often the bigger part, making them feel at home, offering them a coffee and uh, making them feel good and giving them some chizik. And when you don't do that, if they're mechayr from a gadif, if it's not your fault, then don't worry about it. If it is your fault and you could have done better, then you don't want to be in that matzav. Hashem yari rivam Hashem will fight for their rights. On the flip side, the people are being babbled to have to be careful not to take it personally and not to be makala others. Certainly the Gemara Makkah says that if it's mamash lachinam, how far that goes, but you don't want to be on the receiving end of any uh, slight klala, even if it wasn't meant as a klala. We told over Two Shabbosim ago, about the Maitzah with the Malbim and the Chassam Sefer. Chassam Sefer uh, was Mechabinim and loved him, and uh, it was dark right before Meirv, and he sat down in the Chassam Sefer's chair because they didn't rely on him, you lock him, and it's pitch black in the shul, and if you were a visitor, you didn't know where your seat was. He knew it was somewhere in the Mizrach, the Malbim was visiting for Shabbos. And he sat down in the Chassam Sefer's chair, and the Gabbai saw right away, and he's about to go over and tell him, you're sitting in the rough chair, can you move over one? And the Chassam Sefer saw the Gabbai, they figured it out, it's all in the dark. And he said, it's okay, let him, let him sit there. And the Malbim, who was also brilliant, heard that, figured out the whole Masa Matan, the Havamina Maskana, and he jumped up like a scorpion, bit him. And he felt terrible, and he felt the Chassam Sefer gave him a klola. What klola? He just told him to sit there because he didn't want to bother him because the Malbim was sitting there thinking and learning. He felt it was like, sit there, stay there, and you're Madrega, and you're never going to grow in your learning. And he and his Aniva said, I never grew since then. He grew plenty, but he was so nervous about the Kildas Chacham. And that certainly was not meant... That's how careful you have to try to be. In uh, if somebody stands up when you come in the room, you don't tell him sit down. Even though that's the din, he doesn't have to stand up even for his rebbe. Because you don't say sit down, because he's in his shivy. And they don't mean it that way, but we're very careful about these things. Danger over here is if you makal somebody, even if he deserves it, if he gets punished because of you, then in Shemayim they have a tain on you, even though he deserved it and you were the one who ba'avled in the first place. We'll write about more later, and it's fascinating. We had this in the uh, Navi Shir. You, you remember the case? Yeah, what was the Well, that's what he's saying. Even if it was deserved, it goes back. Uh, happened with David Amal. That today's daf. Nothing's a coincidence. Yeah, yesterday's daf. Okay, David Amal. Uh, Yoyev deserved it. Yoyev was very loyal to Malchus Beis David, as we discussed, but he wasn't so loyal to David, and he made decisions what he thought was better for Malchus Beis David, even though it wasn't good for David. And he's supposed to listen. David's king. At the end of the day, it was wrong, and David was very upset, rightfully so. And he gave him a klala and double crossed him and gave him a klala. And it was chal. Over there, you have to know each future descendant of was Chalon had their own peckle of Averis, the reason it was Chal, but it didn't help too much that this Chal was hanging over, and that's why it was Chal. This reference here in the Pelayeh, we had a fascinating, tragic application of this when Novus was called in Shemayim, the spirit of Novus, the Neshama, to weigh in on the Din Terah here we had a situation they didn't know what to do with Achav. He had Schusim, he was Marbitz Taira because he supported Taira and he learned himself. On the other hand, he was a little bit of a and pushing the agenda and there was half and half and they didn't know what to do with him. 
And then they, uh, the Nesham of Novus came with the Taina that he was murdered, which is a serious Taina. And uh, that tipped the scale, unfortunately. And they sent Novus to be the one, to be the mouthpiece in the mouth of the Novi Sheker to tell Achav to go to war to get killed. And the Navi Sheker didn't even realize, perhaps, that this was not a real Navua. And he told him, and he went to war, as we learned here. No, so the job was done. He went to war and he got killed. And then Navas, who was a tzaddik, was the one called upon in the entire to weigh in, was thrown out of the inner circle in al Why? Because if somebody was punished on his account, even though he didn't do anything wrong, so... It was a cause and effect, and I don't know if novice is called on based on Shamila to weigh in. Uh, it sounds like he should have said, no, thank you, I was Michael already. Uh, sounds like you're not supposed to be Michael. He was murdered. Why should he be Michael? So it sounds like it sh- wasn't good for him to get involved. They're very complicated, is, but you don't want to be cursing somebody even if you're right and he's wrong because it can bounce back and uh, you don't need that headache. On that positive note, Mr. Shem will uh, continue next week. Is there another example of what we spoke about, Mr.